says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Before I go into it, I welcome anybody who's here for the very first time. So this is your first time to be in this service with us. Welcome. Can I just see you by raising your hand if you're the first time in the service? Or welcome, my sister. It's good that you are here. And, and it's a different service. It's the first time we have a service like this in the morning. And, and so it's just different in every aspect. And, um, but but it's, it's, it's the Lord's program and not our program. So we let him have his way. But welcome to Amazing Grace Parish. It's a new beginning. The message is, is a new beginning. And, and God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. My thoughts for you are thoughts of good and not of evil. And, and the thoughts that I'm thinking toward you are about giving you an expected end. And, and I have an expectation. And God is saying, I will give you the expected end. And whatever it is, it speaks into your life specifically. God is going to give you the expected end. Hallelujah. Praise God. New beginnings. The journey has just begun. Why do I say the journey has just begun? I say the journey has just begun because today is the first of many days. It is the first moment of many, many days which are ahead of us. And, and I want you to, to have an understanding that we are beginning a new journey. We have been coming on a journey for the last 13 years. And today we begin a new journey, a new phase of that journey. Amen. And I want to speak about some things that we need to put into, into, our, into the understanding of the journey that we are embarking. And we shall build up on it as we go. Last week we were told that we need to be able to, to put our, our, our faith to work or the words of God to, to work. You need to put the word to work. You need to get your faith up and begin to speak things into existence. You speak things that are not as though they are. Because you are putting the word of God to work. Amen. So we need to put the word of God to work. And, and the journey has just begun and we are going to get to the destination. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get to the destination. I will get there. I'm not going to drop along the way. I will get to the destination. I will get to the end. Whatever journey you may be in your personal life, I want you to speak and say, I will get to my destination. You will get there. If it is a journey to get married, you will get there. If it is a journey to finish your assignment, you will finish it. If it is a journey for your project, for your master's, for your, for your work, whatever project it is, you will get to the destination. If it is about your business, you will get to the destination of your business plan. Amen. If it is about your kids going to school and to university, you will get there. Amen. You will see it in the name of Jesus. It, it's, it's something you put your faith to work and you will get there. The journey for us as AGP has just begun a new phase. 
So in the night vigil, those of you that were there, I spoke to us about, about how, how Abraham or Abram at that time, he was called Abram, began a new journey. And I want to build up on those same scriptures. So, so, so pardon me if I sound like I might be repeating a few things, but I want you to understand a few things further into that. So I told you just to recap, I said that a new thing is always initiated by God himself. It is God that starts a new thing. He's the one who said to, to Abraham, get up and go. It was a new thing and he started it himself. He is God who, who started AGP. Pastor Wale Obembe who started, who was here, who was, was used by God to plant this. When I met him in 2003, one of the things that, that, that we did together was we studied the word a lot together. And in 2004, he said to me, God spoke to me about something when I was coming into this place, that I must start a church in this place. It was God who gave him the idea. He didn't just think it up. It was God. God is the one who starts a new thing. Amen. And when God starts a new thing, we have a responsibility to embrace the new thing that God is doing. And it requires an act of will. Like I told you that Abraham had to put his mind to it. And the Bible says Abraham left Haran and went. There's an act of will that needs to be engaged in it. And, and I said that we need to be ready to leave the comfort zone. Like this morning. Normally because we have a lot of time in the last 13 years. When we woke up with my wife, we woke up when the sun was really up. We prepared breakfast with the children, sat around the table, ate together, and went to take a shower. I would do whatever I wanted with the car and clean this one, clean that one, do the beaten pieces out there and, and, and pray and take a walk, go out running, all those. Today, this morning, none of that could happen. Why? Because when you wake up, the kids, they are saying, but it's Sunday. And one is grumpy that way, one is looking that way. And, and, and you know, everybody, we are being rushed. We need to get finished. We need to finish off and go, why? We are moving out of a comfort zone into a new place. And there will be many comfort zones you need to leave. In every situation of your life, if you're going to step out into new things, be prepared to leave the comfort zone. Hallelujah. And, and, and number four, number four thing that I said is that, you know, there will be challenges, but, and, and the challenges will always push our capabilities, but God is able and is available for us. Yeah? The, the, and and it, our capabilities will be challenged. So you've got to be prepared to stretch yourself. You cannot remain in the place where you are and move and say, I'm moving, unless you stretch yourself. You've got to go out of your comfort zone, stretch yourself, and go higher. If you're going to achieve anything significant from where you are, you've always got to stretch yourself. You've got to push yourself higher. Move yourself, stretch yourself. Wake up one hour less because you're stretching yourself. Work harder because you need to stretch yourself. So you've got to stretch yourself. Number five thing is that God will give you favor and authority that is necessary to accomplish the new thing that you must accomplish. There will always be favor and grace to accomplish. And number six, I said, you know, when you embrace and receive the call of God, He will give you the strategy in which to deal with it. 
And yesterday afternoon, I spent about two, three hours actually. It was supposed to have been just one hour, but it ended up as three hours because I was sitting with a finance guy who was telling me about all kinds of options in buying properties investment properties and all kinds of buildings versus how the finances of buying my own house. See, I, I've bought a house, so I knew the process. But it says there's a big difference between when you buy your own house and when you buy a property like this. Took me three hours, 34-page document, six spreadsheets of all kinds of details and graphs and charts including research into the interest rates of the ECB, for me to understand how things work. Why? Because he's, he's trying to help me to understand that God will give me a way. And at the end of it, he said, young man, after having prayed for your situation three weeks and done all these statistics and mathematics and all these financials, you have strategy one, two, three, and four. Now go and pray, young man, and see what you will do with AGP. Why? Because God has a strategy. Tell your neighbor, God has a strategy for a new thing. <laughs> number five, number six, or number seven, was that you can be assured that God will always give you the resources you need for the move. God gives you the resources you need for the move. And we will come back to that point on another day. And, and I said in, as my eighth point that what you can see, you can have. What you can see, you can have. If you can't see it, if you can't perceive, this is why Isaiah 43 says, Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not see it? Shall you not perceive it? The word perceive is about seeing. It may not be there physically, but you need to be able to see it in your mind. That's what the word is saying. Can you put Isaiah 43 up there? Verse 19. Shall you not see it? Shall you not perceive it? It's that, that perception is about what you, what, you, what you understand. Shall you not know it? Can you find the version that uses the word perceive? Can, shall you not know it? The, the aspect of knowing is, 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 is saying before you see it physically, can you see it in the spirit? Can you see it in the mind? See, I was learning, for, I, know, I know some of you guys want to be top shots, and it's about seeing things. You see, President Obama became president because he saw himself being a president. So when he challenged his wife to say, I'm going to be a president, his wife said, okay, fine, I'll be Mrs. President. When they had that conversation, you need to read his biography. They talk about the day he challenged his wife and his wife challenged him and say, he says, I'm going to go for it. Why? Because I see it. I can be the first black president. I can be a president. He saw it and he became. You understand what I'm saying, church? Donald Trump says, it was many, many years ago that I spoke about being a president. He spoke about being a president almost 15 years ago. He saw it in his mind. That I can be the president of America. Whether he's great or not great, it doesn't matter. He saw it and today he, he is. You hear what I'm saying, church? I know many of you are always, always seeing the bad side of Trump. There is a lot of bad side of Trump. But you see, there is something that I, that I always see to say, you know, if this guy, as much as we call him whatever, we, we, and we call him all kinds of nasty names, but he's there, it means there is hope. For some of us who are good guys. 
I knew I hadn't got you there. You, you, you see, this is what I'm saying. If he can see it and become it, why not you? Good as you are. Tongue-talking, Holy Spirit-filled. Huh? Why not you? You see, if you can see it, you can, you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so today, as we begin this new journey, I want to go back to that same scripture where God sends out Abraham. Genesis chapter 12. But I'll only read verse 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. If you're there, say, I see it. Ah, and many of you have not seen it. I wait for you a bit more. Hallelujah. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your country from your people and from your father's house into a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless thee and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I love that part because if I'm going to be a blessing, I must be blessed. If I were you, I'll pray to be a blessing rather than to be blessed. Because you cannot be a blessing if you're not blessed. So rather than just praying about yourself, pray about being a blessing. Can you be an answer to someone? In the place of your work, can you be an answer to someone? An answer to your supervisor, an answer to your boss, an answer to your colleague, an answer to your neighbor. Because if you are a blessing, you will be blessed. People will speak for you when you are a blessing. <laughs> Let me not divert. And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. I want you to note that. As the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he be departed out of Haran. If we are, as we start this new journey, I want you to understand that you've got to open yourself up to new realities. You're going to have to open yourself up to things that become new normals. There is a normal way of life that you've been used to. But now as we begin a new journey, there are new realities in your life. And you've got to be open to new realities. If you don't open yourself up to new realities, you will be stuck in the past. The people that have not progressed is because they've been stuck in the past. When you start a new journey, you cannot continue to hold on to the things of the past. You've got to be open to the things that are new. And new things are coming. Tell your neighbor, new things are coming. New ways of working are coming. New ways of doing things are coming. So you've got to open yourself to new realities. When you get a new supervisor, you need to start doing things in a different way. You can't do things in the way you were doing it with the old one. New realities come. 
When you get married, Ernest, where are you? When you got married, suddenly you could not just call pastor. Pastor, come let me bob your hair anytime. You need to go through a new reality of making sure that Florence has given you the room to cut pastor's hair. It's a new reality. Even for me as a pastor, I cannot just call Ernest and say, Ernest, I'm coming. Midnight, Ernest, I'll be there. We could do that in the old reality, but now there's a new reality. I can't just walk into your house and say, Ernest, let's pray. <laughs> it's a new reality. You understand what I'm saying, church? So you've got to be open to new realities and find out how can Ernest still cut my hair with the fact that Florence is there and she's making some nice chai for both of us. You hear what I've said, church? And so the new reality helps you to move forward rather than get frustrated with the fact that there is a change. Many a times we are frustrated by the changes that happen because we have not opened ourselves to the fact that we are now in a new journey and we need to be open to new realities. Hallelujah. You need to be open to new realities. When they give you more responsibilities, you have to need to change things and open up to new realities because you have new responsibilities. We will have new responsibilities as a church. And so we need to be open to new realities. Things that, are, that were normal will no longer be normal. There is a new normal. Hallelujah. There is a new normal. And an understanding of how things work in your new reality. Because things work differently. When I worked for the university, things worked in one way. And then I worked, went to work for Danone, things work in a different way. When I lived in Wachengen, things worked in one way. Now I live in Demir and things work in a different way. I need to understand that my, with my neighbors, there is a new reality. My neighbors here were students. They made noise every Thursday evening. Now my neighbors, they don't make noise at all. It's a new reality. And I can't put my radio loud on Thursday because I, I did that to block out the noise of the students outside. Now I just can't do that. Why? Because I'm in a new reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? You now have a PhD. They call you doctor. It's a new reality. You've got to be able to handle the title of doctor. And also to be able to handle when they don't call you doctor and you're expecting them to call you doctor. <laughs> it's a new reality. So open up to those things and learn to, to deal with the situations that are new. Look at what needs to change for the fresh start. God says to him, get away from your kindred, get away from your home, get out of Haran, get away from, from the things you are used to. You're going to have to face a different people, a different country, a different, 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 different. Tell your neighbor it's just going to be different. So Abraham left. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 8 to 9 says, By faith when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went even though, even though he did not know where he was going. Sometimes new realities means there's a lot of uncertainty ahead of you. 
And I can tell you there is uncertainty. How is it going to work? Will people be there? Will they support me? Will they understand me? How is it going to work? There is a lot of uncertainty. But I need you to understand that when you open yourself and obey God, God is going to make things work together for your good. Verse 9 says, And by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. So you've got a, where he was living in a good home started living in tents, became a stranger, a foreigner. You need to open up to the new realities. Like when you came in here and they said when you want to, when they give you tea, you take tea and they bring a cookie box, you take how many cookies? When you were used to eat five, you now you eat? Because it's a new reality. And if you want a second one, you've got to ask politely and they will give you. They can give you ten, but you need to ask. But you don't just pick the 10 at first hand. <laughs> it's a new reality. I come from a country which drives on the wrong side of the road. And then I came here, they drive on the right side of the road. It's a new reality. First day I was driving, I was, oh, oops, I have to go to the other side. Why? Because I'm faced with a new reality. Number two is you've got to step out and do things in faith. Abraham went in faith uncertainty ahead but you've got to step out in faith you've got to step out in faith go to the next one and, and says in the faith where, where is our faith going to be seen it's going to be seen in in three places in our obedience to god's word in our obedience to the word of god obedience to to what god has said in his word so you've got to be bible reading tell your neighbor i've got to be bible reading not just Bible believing, but Bible reading. Because many of us believe things we have not read. But we need to read it to believe it. Hallelujah. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 verse 17. You've got to read it to believe it. See it for yourself. What if I give you the wrong scripture? You need to read it for yourself. Get into the word. Let that faith be generated by the word of God. So Abraham or Abraham at this stage, he stepped out in faith. Stepped out because he believed in a word that he had. He believed in the word of God. You've also got to believe in the prophetic messages that you hear. That you hear. That's the second stage. It starts with the word of God. Pure, unadulterated word of God. The word of God as you read it in the Bible, in, in, in the logos. It's called the logos in the Greek. And let the logos become the rhema. The rhema is the prophetic word. Is that revelation that enables you to be able to apply the word in your circumstance today. So you've got to start with the logos and move to the rhema. You've got to start with the written and move to the revealed. Because the revealed is for this moment. The written is for all time. The revealed helps you deal with this moment. Hallelujah. It is the revealed word of God that begins to steer you on to say, yes, you can believe what he has written. You can believe what he has said. And so God spoke to Abraham. Like I read in, in, in Genesis, I, I told you to take notice. He moved according to what God had spoken. He moved to what God had said. 
So when you have a prophetic word like you got today to say the reproach of the past is rolled away, you move knowing that my past no longer has a hold on me. You move knowing that if I struggled in the past, if I was embarrassed in the past, if I was shamed before, today as from now on, it has no longer a hold on me. I move forward because the past is no longer defining who I am. It is the future that defines who I am because God has spoken and he speaks into the future. He speaks of things that are an expected end. So whatever brought shame and embarrassment, whatever failures you may have gone through, God has rolled that away and you need to hold on to that prophetic word and move forward. And then he says, I will give you the earth for an inheritance. It is that word that makes you say, you know what? I have a plan today. God will make sure that I reach my destination. Why? Because he's speaking, I will give you. I will give you. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope, a future, an expected end. So tell your neighbor, I know I'm going to make it. But you need to move in obedience to his word. You move in obedience to the written and to the revelation. And then the third thing that you do when you're stepping out in faith is that you move according to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You see, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He is a guide. He is an advocate. He whispers into you, this is the way, walk in it. He gives you the direction and he gives you the steps. You connect to this person. This one, let go, leave them. Move into that territory. Do this and do that. This one, don't do. Wait, stand, stop, move now. If you're able to hear the Holy Spirit, connect to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring you to the place where you must be. He will move you through in the direction of God. And, and as you move in this journey, as we will move in this journey as a church, we need to be spiritually sensitive. We need to be spiritually sensitive. It's easy for us to hear each other men to men. But I want to challenge us to say it's fine for us to have a good conversation. But beyond our conversation, let the Holy Spirit be on top. Let the Holy Spirit be the priority of what we discuss. Let the Holy Spirit be the one who feeds our conversation. Let the Holy Spirit be the one who guides our steps. Step by step, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. And, and the scriptures tell us that they that are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of God. Abraham, or Abraham, I need to say it right. We shall get to when he's called Abraham. Abraham moves and he's prompted and directed. And often you find God comes to speak to him. The spirit of God is speaking to him. The angels are being sent to speak to him. He understands the directioning of the spirit of God. And so we also need to move in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Step out in faith. Walk in the spirit. Move to the word. You see, I was, I was challenging um, you in earlier on that, you know, there are particular script words, prophetic words that God has spoken to us as a church. And, and we're, we're, we're revisiting them. 
When was it earnest? Which year was that? When we had a prayer retreat on King's Day instead of going to the street two years ago. We're revisiting those scriptures and, and, and relooking those scriptures and, 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 and there are particular things that when we found back in the scriptures, in, in the prophetic words, we, we have been praying and they've started to guide some of the things we do. And there are still some that we have to still work upon. But you see, as we go on those, God begins to take us step by step into that and they begin to steer us in ways so even to be here the way we are today is because of a prophetic word that we are jumping onto, and we will get there in the name of Jesus and we shall move again to activate some other prophetic words as well and you'll be asking why do we need to to activate what God has spoken you need to just go to Daniel the Bible says in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel was praying and he understood by the books what had been written by the prophet Jeremiah. That after 70 years, the children of Israel had, would return. And therefore, he began to pray. And when he began to pray, God began to move things and engineer things so that the children of Israel could return to their land. So there is a part which you need to play. You see, according to those same writings of Isaiah and, and Jeremiah, Nehemiah, when he receives a letter about the ruins of Jerusalem, the Bible says he wept and cried. And after he had prayed, he goes before the king. And the king eventually says, what do you want? He says, the Jerusalem is in ruins. I need to return. And the king says, go. Why? It was all in the prophetic word of God. There was something that was being rebuilt. And there's something that God wants to rebuild in this time. Amen. And we are only starting a journey. We are only starting a journey. Number three is that when, when, when God, when a journey is beginning, it means you've got to focus. You've got to focus. Focus your commitments, your vows. You need to focus. It means there is a focus you need to be. You need to focus to the fact that you're going on a journey. Amen. Because the Bible says that will a man take a start to plow and look back? Will a man start to build unless he's made his plan and, and, and has calculated the cost? Will you go out and fight a king unless you've made good preparations? Jesus was teaching them a parable. Before you even go out, make sure you've counted the cost so that you don't start something and people will laugh at you. To say, look at this man. He started but couldn't finish. How many of you started to build homes and now they are just uh, there? Yeah. Somebody was singing a song about a house. You know, you know, you know when you build pillars, you put pillars, you put all these, 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 these rods that are reinforcements to the cement. And, 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 and they were singing a song about a man who had started to build a church. Started to build a church and then couldn't finish off the church. It was stuck there for years. And then people made a song. And the song was something that says, the steel bars are standing alone. <laughs> Why? Because you just had these, from the ground there was a good foundation. And then there were all these bars going up which seemed to have no end or to, to sh not to show where they were going to finish. And then part of that, what was supposed to be a pillar, was some cement to about the height of my, of my waist. And it had been there for years. And they were still worshipping in a tent on the side. And so people said, oh, look at this pastor. He started to build a big temple. But now the pillars are just 
bars of iron standing alone. They were mocking him because he had started something he couldn't finish. But the issue is, it's about how do we focus our commitment? How do we focus on the thing that we have started, on the journey that we are going, on the place where we end, need to end up? I shall give to us something in the coming weeks, which I've called Vision 2020 for AGP. Why? Because you need to know what you're focusing on. Amen. Amen. Just like when you start your masters, you need to know what the end is so that you can focus. Remember I told you if you can see it, you can have it. So you need to see what it looks like so that you are able to focus. If you know your destination is Den Haag, you are looking for Den Haag. And when the road starts taking you to Amsterdam, you try to refocus again your journey and find a way to get to. When the train starts going towards Groningen, you say, please let me get out. It's because I'm going in the wrong way. Why? Because you need to focus your commitment towards where you are going. You need to focus in the direction towards where you're going. When the husband doesn't come home, you need to focus on something to make sure he comes home. Why? Because you have a picture of a good... Uh, am I speaking to someone? You need to focus your commitment. Focus your energies. And, and at the beginning of the year, in January, I told you that this year, it's a year where God is requiring of us to sacrifice, to serve, and to be committed. And I'm going to come back to that, to that sermon because now is the time for us to serve, sacrifice, and make a commitment. I need you to rise with me. One of the things that was, that was in my heart as, as I was coming this morning is that I need to pray with anybody who says, I need power for a fresh start. I actually thought I might preach about a fresh start, but it's not a fresh start. It's just a, a new journey that we have started. But, but, but there's somebody who just, needs, who just needs grace for a fresh start. Grace for a fresh start. And, and I want to pray with such a person. I, I want to minister to such a person who says, I need a fresh start. So, but before we do that, I just want you to pray to say, Father, help me on this new journey you see all of us are on a journey some of us are just continuing where we started off but there's something new about this season that's going to happen in all our lives that's happening so lord help me on this new journey new beginnings or on the journey that i'm some of you are finishing off your studies and are soon going to start something new are changing from this place and going into a new a new a new environment a new country a new job a new study some of you are going to be changing college or changing university some of you may be changing some things in, in your company, new job, new place. I, I know, but there's a change somewhere, somehow in this, in this period. Ever since, even before we, I got to know about the fact that we could change to the morning, the Lord had been speaking to me about a new beginning. Why? Because it's a year of flourishing. 
It's a year to flourish. It's a year to flourish. It's a year where God is restoring things. It's a year where God is renewing things. So there is a newness in one way or the other. And, and, and I don't want you to be overwhelmed by the new thing that God is doing. I don't want you to, to, to lose out on the path that you have to go to. And so if you were there, and I just want you to pray for yourself right now and say, Jesus, empower me. Empower me. Empower me. Empower me. Empower me for the journey ahead. Empower me for the journey ahead. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill me now. Empower me for the journey ahead. Empower me for the new thing that you want me to do. Empower me, oh God. Empower me, Jesus. Fill me afresh, oh God, in the name of Jesus. My Lord, my God. Power in the name of Jesus. Receive the power of God for the new journey, the new journey, the new journey, the new path that you must walk in the name of Jesus. Jehovah, thank you, Lord. God, thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. In the name of Jesus, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. God. Thank you, Jesus. 